Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Before we get started, I want to remind our relaunchers, our listeners, that if you're actively relaunching right now, to be sure to go to our job board and upload your resume and register there so employers can find you because employers come specifically to our job board in order to find people who have taken a break and are now interested in returning to work. All right, so now on to our conversation. Today, we welcome Priya Venkatesan. She relaunched as a business systems analyst at University of California, Davis, after a 16-year career break. Priya has more than seven years of experience in working customer-centric and analyst roles in the finance and education industries. She became a certified scrum master during her career break, and since she's been back at work, she has achieved her Lean Six Sigma white, yellow, and green belts. Her relaunch involved many job applications, interviews, rejections, and and much more. Priya was a speaker at one of our iRelaunch Return to Work conferences in 2022. And her mantra to everyone is keep pursuing your dream job and don't give up. And we're going to explore all of this in our conversation today. Priya, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I'm really uh, excited to have this conversation, and I want to know if we could start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and what you were doing before your career break, and then what prompted you to step away from the workforce. Yeah, sure. So I um, basically, I'm from India, and uh, to so I graduated from master's in computer science a long time ago, like before 20, 25 years ago. Uh, that's a long time ago. And then um, I was working as a project analyst in a financial institution, a retail bank in India in 2003 uh, during that time. And then um, I got married and that's what I had to give up my job, my career that I was w- working back in India and then I had to relocate to United States. So relocation is one of the main reasons they had to give up the job that I was working and relocate to United States. And then as soon as I came here, I did not have a work visa. So I was in a dependent uh, spousal visa where you cannot work. I think the laws have changed now. You can still you can work still if you have a spousal visa. And then I came here and, and then everything, things changed like family, kids, taking care of them, full-time parenting happened. And slowly after that, I thought to myself, maybe it's time for me to get back to my career or what, what should I do? So that kind of uh, gave me an opportunity to explore, start working as a part-time um, analyst at a company called ProctorU, it's a measure learning company. It's a, it's a proctoring uh, job, which has started essentially a couple, three, four years back. And as I was working there, and then some things happened in my life, like personal things happened that I had to take, make a decision to come back to work full-time. So then I started searching for a full-time job. And that's when I started applying and uh, my career um, search, the job search strategy changed entirely 20 years before. Right now it's all LinkedIn. So I Mm -hmm. had to relearn everything 
coming back to workforce, like how to apply for a job and what are the skills that you need. So I started exploring and then, then I found business analysis to be my go-to, um, the passion that I found for, I love to help customers. So I'm a customer centric person. I have this mindset of helping our people and I love to do presentations, I love to facilitate. And because I was also working as a volunteering as a room parent for my children's school, so that transferable skills I could easily bring bring to business analysis. And I started exploring and did some courses on Udemy, LinkedIn Learning. That's how I got caught up. And then um, as I was searching for jobs, rejections happened. And then finally, I landed a job in UC Davis. So I'm proud to be where I am. Wow. All right. So I just want to unpack some of that because there's there's a lot there. Um, first, the, the Proctor U role. Uh, how did you even think to apply for a role like that? And I'm assuming it it was all uh, virtual and flexible and and remote, I guess. Yes. And so, what was the process there? When I initially uh, started thinking about job, because I was not in front of a computer for 15 years, so I lost touch with lots of things. I, because I was always focusing on my kids, taking care of them, school activities, extracurricular activities, everything. So I wanted a job which did not put so much pressure on me. Mm -hmm. Yet still, I had I learned something like sitting in front of a computer or just basically a small job, a hourly job, which I can be flexible. And Proctorio at that time, they had a evening shift from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. So what I do is I send my kids to school, do all the all everything, make make sure uh, do the chores and have dinner ready, everything ready, and and then off I go. Um, the time I joined, there was not remote work. I had to go to my go to Proctory office, which is like two miles from my home. Um, I'm from Folsom, California. It's two miles from my home at the time, so that was actually and. You won't believe the training that they gave me the first day. It was so hard. It was so hard because it was hard for me. It was not easy because uh, the colleagues that I had in Proctor were all young college kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had to sit with them because they were so fast in doing things. And I was like thinking to myself, did I do the right thing? Why did I come to this job? I wanted to gain some kind of experience before I launched into a full-time work. I wanted to have that practical experience of using computers and tech, you know, technology and stuff. So, and then a week went, a lot of hard work, uh, everything, mock calls and things like that. And then I picked up and I was one of the best employees that they, they had um, <laughs> brought to you. And I did everything that I could. And that's how it started. And then when the pandemic happened, it slowly shifted to full-time, I mean, remote work. So I started working from home. They even closed the location. So everything became remote and I started working uh, remote. The schedule was flexible, meaning I get to pick the shifts like two to 10 or uh, whatever shifts I would like. Yeah, we, I, can be, I can work a whole day or just, just two days in a week or something like that. It was flexible as long as I notify them um, in advance. So mm -hmm. they were flexible and they were very helpful. So I really enjoyed the job that I was doing because it was basically a customer service analyst, everything put together. So yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and I I love your strategy of not being in front of a computer for 15 years and then taking on this role where they train you and you're forced to be in front of a computer and and figure it out. And uh, you you had to make that leap. Uh, also, I just want to point out the, that time management piece that that you were talking about. I know that you took your career break for childcare reasons, and it sounds like you know you worked that 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift, 
That meant you had to have kids had to know they were going to come in the door. They could eat. They were probably, did you tell them they couldn't like knock on the door or bother you or something while you were doing the work? Or I don't know if they were able to come in or not, but what, how, how was it for them? Was there, um, did that feel like a significant change? Yeah, initially, because I was going to, literally, I was going to work, I say bye-bye, keep the dinner, everything ready, and they know that Rami is going to work. And then That's when, right. you were out going out of the house at that time. Yes, for, just, for okay. at least, uh, for five to six months, I was going to the location. And then, uh, because I joined Proctory, I believe, in 2020, um, 2019, if I'm not wrong. And then from there, then March 2021, uh, 2020, I believe, was the pandemic. That that's right. March 2020. Yeah. yeah. So that's when everything shifted home. Uh, I bought in, I remember bringing so many monitors and my computer back home and creating a workspace. So they knew that I was going to be working in the evening and they won't bother me. So. All yeah. right. And then. Can you tell us a little bit about this timeline? So you have this uh, job at Proctor U. You said you started to take some courses on Udemy and other, like what kinds of courses did you take? Uh, and was that at the same time you, you were doing this job? And how long were you uh, doing coursework and in this role before you ended up, I don't know, did you then leave to focus on job search full time? Or did you keep that job all the way until you relaunched? I, uh, frankly speaking, um, when I started ProctorU, I did not do anything else because ProctorU was itself was too much for me. Yeah. I need to get that. That's the honest opinion of me. I cannot take too many things because I have kids to focus on their homework and household work and a lot of yeah. things that's going on. And, and so I did not do any courses while I was doing ProctorU because I had to learn on the job, I had to learn tools. Uh, the fact that I told you I'm not using computer means I, I was using for email and basic stuff, but it's not like you sit in front of a computer for five, six hours at a stretch and right. do some requests on Zendesk or uh, using the uh, CRM application and uh, so many other things like you you use that the remote uh, remote app and all this, all those things. So you need to learn all this. So that needs some time to take some time to learn all of that. And and also the I was looking to work in the evening. That's why I chose ProctorU and it was close to my home within two miles. So all so all those factors fit, fit in. So yeah. I was literally learning on the job. Uh, it's not like um, I was earning money, but I was learning and also gaining experience. That's what I was, my focus was on. And uh, so, and the courses I started after six months of ProctorU, I started looking into, so, okay, what I can do now they have some experience. Can I look into other options? Then I found business analysis and actually my brother-in-law suggested doing some business analysis course on Udemy. I didn't know about Udemy at all, had no idea, no clue. And my family actually suggested me, my brother-in-law and my sister actually, they suggested me, why don't you check out Udemy? They have so many courses on there. And then I started exploring Udemy and, and I found it like a huge resource. So having courses on there. And there are so many courses that I always like to um select the interactive courses where you get to do assignments and homework and you interact with the instructor that's the most effective way to do a training or certification you cannot just sit in front of a computer and do some uh, courses without any interaction or uh, any assignments you have to learn while you're doing the certification so that's when when you're when they are giving assignments or project work or something on the side it, it helps you a lot so that's when I started learning after six months slowly. I didn't, I didn't rush. I took my own sweet time. 
Yeah. I had other competing priorities. And, um, and then after a while, I also was consistent. So consistency is very key to learning. So you can just learn for while, like I said some time, like early morning, kids wake up late and weekends, there's no school. So that's the time I can spend on learning, like Saturday morning, five to seven, that's my time for learning, or Sunday morning, five to seven a.m. Or if sometimes evening was nighttime was when they go to bed, after that at 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., whatever works for 10 p.m. to 12 a.m., sorry, whatever works for you, that you have to set some time. And I have a reminder on my fridge as a magnet, do this, uh, finish this assignment or do this course this week. I set some goals, not future goals, like weekly goals, like one hour, one hour every week. That's, that's how much I could spend. Uh, honestly speaking, you cannot like spend five, six hours in a week. Stole started increasing the time as I was learning. I started increasing the time like 30 minutes every week. So that added and that's how I increased the, the efficiency, the fast, the fastness of completing any courses. Okay, so I just want to highlight this for our audience. This is the real deal that, that you're hearing from Priya that where she's saying, you know what, I couldn't take courses at the same time. I'm working, you know, five hours a day for however many days a week for um, the Proctor U. I only had time to do the work part. And also the work part was enough in terms of all these things I had to figure out. And then later at some point, maybe six, at least six months later, you decided, okay, I'm ready to take some sort of coursework. And um, what do I do? And you had some conversations and you got suggestions um, uh, about checking out Udemy. And then I like how you said the way you paced yourself in terms of taking the course and how much time per week you would allocate to the course, depending on what else was going on in your life. So you were fitting this in, in a very realistic way um, to a busy life uh, where you were in this primary caregiving role and involved in volunteer work and your kids' school and, and all of that. So I think that's really important to point out. Uh, and then um, can you, I know that we talked in the introduction about you getting the Scrum Master certification. Was that part of um, the, the, this coursework or did that happen a little later? Scrum Master happened a little later after I was, as I was doing business analysis, I explored what is business analysis and went into the, I deep dived into various business analysis courses as I was doing, um, because Udemy would give me alert once I finished one course, they would send me an alert saying, this is the next one you should do. And next, next, next. And so as I was exploring and I start, that's the time I started also using a LinkedIn a lot. I started creating a profile and, uh, Every day, every day I would browse LinkedIn, like on LinkedIn for at least for 10, 15 minutes to see what's going on. And, and um, so, and I came upon a lot of Scrum Master certifications and everyone talking, I was like, what is Scrum Master? What is this thing? And then I started exploring and though I'm not practicing a Scrum Master uh, role right now, the role I'm in, however, it's very good to know the value, the Scrum values is essentially the business uh, values that you have, your business methodology that you put in when you go as a Scrum Master, the print, the Scrum value, the prince, the agile principles. It was close to the business analysis role. And um, and a lot of them were hiring Scrum, uh, junior Scrum Master. Like if you're a fresher for Scrum Master certification or business analysis, some companies were also hiring business analysts with Scrum Master certifications. I saw a few job posts like that. So I thought, okay, I started exploring the instructors and I happened upon one, um, one uh, through Scrum Alliance website and I found out one instructor and I took their class and 
finished the computer the exam and that this happened actually last march i believe if i'm not wrong it was 2022 march if i'm not wrong that time i was still having i'm working in proctor u continuing my job and slowly uh, exploring business analysis and coming back to scrum uh, doing scrum master master certification and i want to tell you one thing it is really hard to come back to uh, studying and working and having kids mm-hmm. it's not easy everyone can say it's not easy it, it, you should take your own time not every everyone's timeline is different everyone goes through so many different situations everyone's situation is unique so you whatever works for you it works for you you don't compare yourself with others oh my god that person is all they have already finished their iiba certification why am i only doing just started i'm not done i never compare myself with others i just mm-hmm. go on my own path that's my path there are lots of ups, ups, ups and downs it's not a flat flat line right you, you just go through ups and downs a lot in your life and that's what i do whenever i have time i do it but i i kind of do it consistently consistency is the key for learning and success. So I believe if you're being consistent in what you do, you can achieve. Excellent advice all the way through. Um Priya, question, can you just repeat where you took that Scrum Master course? What was the website or the course to offer? The Scrum Master certification is from scrumalliance.org. Okay. Uh, it's uh, they are the licensed uh, certification board organization. And if you go to their website, there are so many instructors, they list you, you can even, they also have product owner certification, PSPO, and so many other certifications. And you can choose your instructor, whoever, uh, my instructor was someone called uh, Bonsi. So she's on LinkedIn and I took their uh, class through scrummalliance.org. And that's where I did my, uh, completed my exam and I have licensed a Scrum Master now. Okay. So the other thing you mentioned with that course, and uh, this dovetails with something that we talk to relaunchers about. So we say, you know, look for courses out of a field study or a capstone project or an opportunity to do some sort of um, work that demonstrates your knowledge. And I heard you say um, that you had time to work on certain projects or or certain parts of the Scrum program, um, you know, early in the morning on the weekends or whenever, but were, were there um, all along when you were in the business analysis and other courses, was there like homework or problem sets or something that you worked on? And what was the role of those activities uh, in your gaining knowledge and in your relaunch? Like, did they go on your resume or did you talk about them in interviews? Yes, absolutely. I when I was doing courses in Udemy, um, I did get assignment. That's why I picked one instructor who was very good. Uh, from uh, they are called uh, thebaguide.com. Uh, that's the website. It's it's Mr. Jeremy Ashenberg. That's his name. He's very uh, for me. It worked out for as an instructor. He was very interactive. A lot of assignments and sometimes assignments would also have you have to send an email to them and then when they'll check the assignment and reply to you back they'll give you constructive feedback mm. that was very helpful for me and uh, even the process workflow or flow chart or business methodology whatever assignments so that helped me a lot so that's what i would work on in the weekends sit quietly in a room and work on my assignments that that was helpful and eventually that also helped me through interviews as well because they asked me about did you do anything on business? What did you do in Udemy? Because Udemy was my um, recent certification. Though it's not like recognized big certifications, but it, it I did learn through Udemy, the business analysis part. So they did ask me about business analysis. What did you do in Udemy and what kind of things that you did? So I did have to tell them I use this tool and that tool. So 
that that was very helpful yes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right and so when did you decide that it was time to go to to look for a full-time job and how what were some of the early steps uh, you took when you were at the beginning of that process so my for me the full-time uh, job i started looking honestly speaking i've been through a life-changing event i had to I'm still going through a difficult high conflict divorce. So mm. uh, that when that started, it was some, there are some, a lot of things that happened in my personal life. So I had to come out of a relationship and uh, provide for my children, for myself. So then I thought this, this particular job I'm doing, part-time job or the 15 year big, it's not enough. I need to be financially stable to provide for myself and also empower my children. They need to know mom can do things too. They need to know that I can stand on my own. And, and so that's when I thought, okay, let me do this. I can do this. And I started doing everything on my own um, without any help. So, and um, that gave me more power resilience and perseverance and strength or whatever I needed and mm -hmm. that thing. And so that made me, uh, when I started applying for jobs through LinkedIn, I was very uh, exploring various jobs. So I would get rejection email, so many rejection emails. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hardly any recruiters contacted me. And then I knew the path. So there's no, nothing to worry about because everyone is going through these rejection emails. And as soon as you send an email, ATS will send you automatically. Like within 30 minutes, sometimes within five minutes, you get a reply back. I'm sure recruiter is not going through your uh, resume. Then I started tweak. Then I started following folks who are like having, uh, you know, uh, they are having resume webinars on LinkedIn. Sometimes they have free, you know, webinars and podcasts and things. I started hearing and listening to stuff. And then I also found out, like through I relaunch and went back to work through that are like re-entry programs, which when I started looking for those programs, no one was aware. I asked all my uh, the friends, my the folks that I know, they they they, they said we don't know anything. What are you saying? What is it? Is it internship? Is it apprenticeship? No one knew what internship was. So. Right. Then I started exploring returnship programs and also, I also applied for a lot of returnship programs. And then I bumped into the conferences, like I relaunched conference and went back to work conference. That's all the conference I attended. And I relaunched conference essentially like changed my life. I could say that because when I, when I attended a conference, there was Ambika from Meta. I'm not sure if you remember last year conference, she was one of the speakers. And she uh, and she shared the story that they are also single mom divorced and also Joanne from uh, Oracle. Uh, she also shared her single mom journey and uh, the divorce. She was uh, she had to come back, and that inspired me a lot. So at that time, I was going through mentally a lot of things, stressful life. So that gave me motivation and inspiration. And that I said, okay, if they can do it, they are in a big, uh, they are working in Meta and Oracle. So, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can do it too. Now I don't have to start like as soon as I go to big tech companies, but I, that's something they can achieve maybe in long term. And so, um, so I started applying. Uh, att attending the conference was an eye opener for me. Uh, so it's an eye opener. I learned so much, and I also gained several French friendships. I'm still friends with a lot of them from my lunch conference, one of the last oh. last conference. And I have one very close friend. We still keep tabs on each other. If they do anything nice, accomplished something, they immediately text me. I would text them. So it's like we share all, even any pitfalls, like any uh, even any failures also, success and failures. We share even now. You won't believe we have not met each other in person. It's all through 
uh, FaceTime and <laughs> calls, yeah. calls. And we also have developed a, a friendship so much that we also share our personal stories. Like, you know, we have gained that friendship, that strong friendship is there. And she's like my accountability partner. Mm-hmm. So we both were going through a relaunch and they were also on a 15 year break and they were also in that journey and uh, children and we were on the same boat. So we could really, um, we could really relate to each other. So I, I could understand what they're going through. I, she could understand what uh, I'm going through. So it's like the, you know, the accountability partner. And and when they apply for a job, they were actually working a QA. She, they, they are a QA, I'm a BA. So when they bump into a Q, BA job on LinkedIn, they'll forward it to me. When, they, when I bump into a QA job, I'll forward it to them. And when we have interviews, we always keep say, did you enter this interview? What happened? What were the questions? So I would we would exchange. So there's a lot of sharing resources, knowledge, uh, when you have a friendship or the accountability partner, that's why I say you have to have someone who can say, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? So it'll kind of motivate you and inspire you to do things. Yeah. Again, you're covering so many excellent points. Uh, let's go right to the accountability partner. I, this is something that we recommend at iRelaunch because we hear from relaunchers like you, Priya, how effective it is. And of course, uh, I'm a relauncher myself, and uh, there are many of us on the iRelaunch team um, who are relaunchers. So we understand the effectiveness of having an accountability partner because you do keep each other on track if you know that you're going to be meeting every week and you have certain goals. Whereas if you're doing it on your own, maybe you miss a week here or there or things come up. So it truly is about accountability and keeping you moving forward, keeping your momentum. So, so that's really key. Um, I love the idea that you met friends at our virtual conference because we used to run our conference in person and people would have this interaction in person. Hundreds of people would be there, but friendships came out of that. And we still try to preserve an element of that when we do our pre-conference Zoom call where everyone can see each other. Um, but it just, it makes me feel so good to hear that in that virtual setting, you were able to connect with other people who became friends and especially the, the person who was your accountability partner. So I, I just think that's that's wonderful. And I guess the other piece of it for besides account, the accountability piece, it's like when you get rejection out after rejection, there's someone else you can talk to about it. And um, it, it it gets you through the low points, I think, um, a little smoother. And I just love that there were two um, successful relaunchers who talked about their experiences as, as single moms relaunching and how um, that motivated you. You use these words resilience, perseverance, um, you power, uh, motivation, inspiration. So you were able to capture all of that uh, from hearing from them. And I I just want to highlight that first that you had that experience and also that you were so open to um, having uh, hearing what other people had to say. So uh, I just I love the detail and thank you for sharing that. And so what happened after the conference? You ended up at, at a role at UC Davis at a university. And I'm interested in, I guess, two things. How long did it take you to identify that job um, after the conference? And then um, how did, well, 
let, let's talk about that first. And then later, I want to just ask you about low points and lots of rejection and what were some of the things that helped move you past that difficult part. But um, how did you land this role at UC Davis? So as I, as, I, as I started exploring more and more jobs after the conference, it kind of motivated me to not give up and <laughs> keep applying for jobs. And what I did was I was also, I was focusing mainly on the big tech companies. Mm -hmm. That's a mistake I did. And then I, I, I wondered why can't we apply locally, like local to myself, though I want a remote job because I'm, I cannot go to office every day, pick up and drop up school. It's going to be more than remote. I need a job just flexible. Not remote, even remote jobs, sometimes you have to, you have to sit in, the, in front of a computer for a long time. So flexibility is what I was looking for. And I started exploring, then I looked up all the uh, local companies or organizations in my Sacramento Valley area, Northern California. Then I saw UC Davis is one of the biggest um, uh, employers in, in the region. And um, I have an Intel right across my house. <laughs> where I live at Folsom, but nothing worked in Intel. I did apply for several opportunities. So I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to worry about Intel not giving you the, though if, even if I want to go to work, it's right across my house, but I cannot, <laughs> they're not going to call me. However, right. however, I didn't give up. I said, fine, UC Davis Health is a big thing in Sacramento area. So the clinics and University Davis is very close, like 40 miles away from where I live. and. I said, okay, let's, why don't I apply and see just this, I'm applying for so many companies, why, why should I give up? And I started focusing on the local organizations and companies. I started leaving the big tech companies out. I started working on Sacramento, Northern California companies. I, I was applying constantly and I, and I received good uh, recruit, recruiters calling back actually, because I'm local to Sacramento, local to Northern California, they actually preferred my though they were offering remote jobs they preferred my candidacy because they called me I, I got several interviews like that and UC Davis was one of them it just clicked I saw business analysis position and I, I applied for it and though the process of applying in a university is a lot lengthy like three months process it took three months but even yeah. I got the interview I, I did uh, get an email and a couple of panel interviews and then uh, they offered me the job so I was very happy but uh, at the same time, I would like to point out one more thing. While I was doing UC Davis interview, I was, this is the first time I'm openly saying this. I was also one big tech company from San Francisco. They were almost giving me an offer, which uh -huh. I rejected. Uh -huh. <laughs> I rejected because there was no flexibility. It was like a fixed time. I had to sit in front of the company. So the salary uh, offer was very high than what I'm getting right now. I, uh, I didn't think I would up for that job because UC Davis, the job I'm doing right now as a BSA business systems analyst is exactly the job I wanted. I love to do presentations. I love to facilitate. I love to talk to people. I love to share. I love to help. And I didn't want all the time remote. I wanted to meet people in person also. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't, I was in the cycle where I didn't want complete remote job as well. I want to be able to go to office like once in a while, like once or twice a month. That was exactly what I wanted. And UC Davis offered me, and this job was excellent and I and I found the passion this is my passion what I'm doing right now is exactly the job I wanted so I went with these years wow all right so great um and so many um important pieces of advice so academia we love academia uh, at I relaunch as a great place for relaunchers and there is an organization called Herc higher education recruitment consortium 
H-E-R-C.org. No, it's hercjobs.org. And that is a huge database of opportunities at uh, academic institutions across the country. And you can separate faculty from non-faculty. And you think about all the different jobs that make a university run. And uh, they can be great places to work. So I love that uh, you have relaunched at an academic institution. Also, I was wondering, how did they, how did you talk about your career break? What did it come up in interviews on your resume? How did they respond to it? Yeah, it was very positive because I had, I had written career break in bold letters in my resume. And then in career break, I'd put part, proctor you the part-time job and the courses I did under career break in, mm-hmm. in resume. So there was nothing hiding in it. They knew everything was out in the open. My LinkedIn profile is right there. You have the full-time parenting uh, years in my um, LinkedIn profile, so everyone can see it. So, and they were actually very um, positive on the response from the team I got the interview with. They were really highly, all team moms, mostly in the team. And they were like, oh, so you have, they said, uh, I did my interview well, of course, and they found a lot of my uh, skills from my previous job and the, the school work and the volunteer work, everything is a transferable skill. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what they wanted. And they said, we need more than experience. We need someone who's passionate about what they want to do. And so that's where that's the re- uh, that's the feedback I got from them. And uh, eventually they found me very passionate about the job I was applying for and I was offered this. So there was no hiding anything. I put it, everything out in the open and also my personal things and everything. So they knew what I was going through and um, the struggles that I was going on and my resume, the, the career break, the job in India, everything. So whatever is my, my resume is what I had went through. So now there's nothing fake or nothing. I I nothing like over uh, achieved thing which I've not achieved. So whatever was in my resume was exactly what I went through in my life or the experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. The other thing is your strategy about looking at small and medium-sized companies, local companies, because I'm, I heard what you said was you're getting lots of rejections from big companies, sometimes within minutes of applying. Um, And once you started to look at the local um, employment scene around you, that's when you actually started getting interviews, it sounded like. And I don't know how long that took, but it sounded like you got a response uh, and a better response much quicker. Yeah, that is also one of the reasons the local companies responded much quicker and faster than the big tech companies because their hiring processes might be difficult i did i did get uh, sorry um, interview calls from some as i said from a few uh, big tech companies as well i went through a few rounds of interview with uh, pinterest pinterest i was still the final round and also twilio and they both pinterest was actually an apprenticeship program and and twilio was a returnship program uh-huh. so i did come went till the final you know, whatever rounds, like sometimes they have six six to five rounds of interviews like going on and on. So that's also there. But local companies, organizations, they responded better. When I say local, it's not just tech companies. It's also like universities, colleges. If you have community colleges in your area, mm-hmm. school districts, I don't know a lot of them are overseas school districts. There are so many good opportunities in school districts, If you, especially if you want to admin or analyst type of jobs. They have plenty of 
uh, open positions in school districts, colleges, and cities, counties. So you need to focus those jobs that if you want to uh, try to apply, you would eventually get a, I think if you have experience or if you just apply for the basic analyst position, you would get what, for me, any opportunity that they, just for an interview is also an experience. Just you get an interview, you attend the interview. You don't have to take the offer, but attend the interview and see how fair, or how well you're doing and learn from there. So I never say no for an interview. I always, if there's an interview call, I always sit and take the interview. Mm -hmm. say no for interview it's always an experience mm -hmm. i'm gonna wrap up now because we're running out of time but um i i wanted to ask you was there ever a point in this process where you felt like i don't know if this is going to work out and and it you were getting overwhelmed with rejection or um did you was there something that you did to keep yourself motivated even at the low points uh, for me, one of the motivation I would say is uh, is my kids <laughs> because I had to look at them and I say I have to provide for them. I have to um, lead an example for them, and that's because I uh, because uh, going back to I had to do this because there's no way I cannot do this. I have to do this to survive, to be financially stable, to make uh, to provide for them. That was one of the biggest motivation factors. Another yeah. factor is getting rejection emails. You would get a rejection email, but I wouldn't. Initially, it was a little tough. So I would just go, okay, let's not do any job search. Maybe if you're getting overwhelmed, what I do is I would just take a break from uh, job hunting for a couple of days and then regroup and then come back to a job search or coming back to that point. And, and always I started listening to motivational videos on YouTube or looking up stuff, TED Talk, listening to TED Talks helped me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so following folks, the motivational speeches really helped me a lot with inspire inspiration and so this so failure is always there the success you see only success but before success there are a lot of failures that we don't see so uh you can see my my story is a success but there are a lot of failures before that and yeah. um, so there's at some point you'll achieve success you just don't give up and also don't compare yourself with others everyone's path is unique and go through your timeline so that sounds like um excellent advice for our listeners. And that's the question that I always like to end with is what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today. And you've had so much advice all the way through and you just gave a couple of more great points. Is there any particular point that you want to repeat or, um, or anything else that you want to bring into the advice category? The advice I would say is anyone who's trying to relaunch is look at options for part-time jobs as well. Don't just have your, if you're trying to relaunch at a full-time career, if you're not having any part-time experience, part-time, having a part-time experience will help you relaunch to a full-time career. So mm -hmm. if you have that part-time experience or part-time project work that you're doing, you'd be able to get, that's an experience that you can get and re, and bring it bring that experience in to get a full-time job and also do not compare yourself with others that's the best piece of advice i can give you uh, go through your journey on your own and what do you want only you know you cannot take advice from others like ad 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 every, anyone can give you advice or anything however you know what your situation is what you're facing what your difficulty what your success what your strength focus on your strength rather focus on your weakness Always focus on your strengths. See what your strengths are, what you're good at, and focus on that and find your passion. Passion is more important than getting a high-paying high job. So mm -hmm. you need to have that drive and passion for a job. If you find it, 
I think go for it. Wow. Priya, thank you so much uh, for this conversation and um, all that you have given our listeners today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. It's always a pleasure. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. I want to remind our listeners to go to irelaunch.com to check out all of the tools and resources and events and job board that we have for you that's specifically directed to people who are looking to return to work after career breaks. Thanks for joining us.